Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you're here with us today. Today we have a very special guest. Today with us we have Miss Nancy Mello. She is a psychic medium and animal communicator and she's going to be talking us, to us today about how she is using her gifts to help people, whether it's communicating with their animals or helping them get clarity in their own lives. So I cannot wait to find out all about what she is doing. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Nancy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I love talking to people who are sharing their gifts with the world. And I think that, you know, what you're doing and what other light workers are doing is so important right now. Um, so I want to thank you for being here. But before we get started talking about the gifts that you have and how you're using those gifts to help people just tell us a little bit about yourself like when did you first realize that you had gifts and were able to communicate with animals and spirits so the earliest memories i have actually started around the age of six i was very young and my grandmother had passed not too long before and I was thinking, I was at six, I was a deep thinker already. And I was trying to have, remember these, the, have these memories of my grandmother, what I remembered. And she had given for her last Christmas, she had given me in the eighties, we had, it's like big Legos called Omegles and they, she'd give me Omegles. And I was thinking about this in my head, just playing. And all of a sudden I heard in my head, it was like a stream of consciousness all you remember about me are those damn expletive, expletive omegles. And I kind of froze and I, you know, what was that? And I go and I tell my mom and I knew inexplicably it was her. I knew it was her speaking at six years old. I wasn't cursing <laughs> yet. I didn't have that kind of language. And I ran and I told my mom and I said, mom, 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 I just heard from grandma. This is what she said. And I rattled off the curse words. And my mom, I remember her face kind of fell and it froze. And she said, is that so? And I was uh, taken immediately off to therapy. And this is in the 80s, in the mid 80s, I was taken to therapy and I was immediately put on a bunch of medications. And uh, it, unfortunately, the, the mental health wasn't as it is now, where we have lots of wonderful options for children that are differently abled or having depression. But this is the 80s when there was a lot of things unknown about how medications interacted with children. And so I was kind of that first or second wave, if you would call it, in mental health, where they were giving children things that maybe weren't as appropriate. And during that time, I lived on a farm, an agricultural farm. So just uh, lots of uh, wheat and corn and pears. And, and uh, we had, we were also raising pigs for 4-H. And I would go and I would cuddle with them. And I had this very strong sense that they knew that I needed them. I was very lonely. I didn't have any friends. We, those were my friends, were the animals. And they seemed to cuddle with me. They seemed to understand. And I had this unique bond. And the pigs' names were Smoker, Poker, and Joker. I still remember. Uh, and they would comfort me. And they would just kind of, they, they welcomed me into their group. And I would spend hours outside with them. I also seemed to notice that animals were drawn to me, even at a very early age. We lived two miles from the nearest road and animals would find their way back and ask for help. And my mom even remarked around the same time that animals seemed to come to me wherever we were. They seemed to come to me and ask for help. 
so it started like that. And even with all of the medication I was on, I think I was on over 20 medications by 16. And even through that, I, I, I was having horrible depression and anxiety. And of course, when the few times I did speak about what I was feeling and hearing, it was immediately diagnosed. I, I've I've had so many diagnoses, I can't even count them all of what these doctors in the 80s and 90s thought I had because I seemed to know things that people didn't. I seemed to be able to communicate with things. I also grew up, my family is 100% Portuguese. My dad's side is very, very Catholic. We went to church. There was a church in this small town of 700. So everyone spoke and I was known as the very strange girl that was to be avoided. So not only that, but once it was known that I was very different, family shunned me, including my own in some respects. So it was it was very unpleasant. It was very uh, unfortunate. But looking back, it taught me a lot about empathy and understanding uh, loneliness, sadness, depression. I, I struggled with suicidal ideation. I think the first time I tried to commit suicide was at 12. So it, it was one of those things where I, I knew I was very different. And I knew that that was at the time I felt that that was very bad because everyone around me was telling me it was bad. And it's, uh, but to, to that degree, there was always a part of me deep down inside and why I never committed suicide was, um, I always had this voice inside of me saying there was something else. There was something I was here to do. And I just didn't know what that was, but I, there was something there that I knew. And unfortunately, no one else could see that. They just saw a, a, a girl and then a young woman who was very reckless, who was very, very uh, depressed and anxious and, and to be avoided. So it, it was it, it was a hard childhood, but again, it's taught me so much in, in my practice as far as embracing everyone for who they are. Every person that comes to me, I, I say is a friend I haven't met yet, is someone that is to be welcomed. And no matter what your story is, it's okay. And you're safe with me because I needed that. And the one thing that drove me to do this, I am married to an active duty US uh, service member and uh, very much the culture in a lot of the military as a spouse is to be very obedient. And it's still very traditional in a lot of circles to be very obedient, to not make waves, to to be the 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 rock for your spouse when they come home to. And I had been struggling with depression all my life. I had already gone through one marriage. I was on my second marriage and I went to go kill myself again. And I went to go throw myself in front of a train. And I remember I was sitting there and it was about, actually I'm approaching my four year anniversary of when this happened. And I sat there at the train station, looking back, I should have checked the train schedule. It was the middle of the night. And I remember just screaming, why am I here? Why? I can't do this anymore. I can't. I had been fighting with trying to live this perfect life, trying to fit this mold ever since I was a child of fitting this mold, whether it was the perfect child, the perfect Catholic. I tried to do everything the right way, the, the way that I thought I would be accepted. And it, I was never accepted. I was never, I was never enough, whether it was for my family, whether it was for boyfriends, whether it was for friends, I was never enough. And I sat there just, I can't do this. And I just, again, heard that beautiful voice uh, in my head, like a stream of consciousness saying, 
you know what you need to do. And I remember just going, I can't. I'm afraid of rejection. I am an introvert. <laughs> I I am married to someone that this could negatively affect their career. Even just saying, I'm a psychic. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't risk what I'd been trying to build in this cookie cutter kind of life that I tried so hard. And I just heard the voice that it was either I could jump in front of this train and say, that's it. I choose not to do this. Or if I could help one person with letting them know that everything is going to be okay. Because at that moment, I just needed to hear everything was going to be okay. I just needed someone to tell me that I was going to be okay. That my family was going to be okay. That I was normal, or at least I was okay who I was. And I realized that if I could help one person, then all of this would be worth it. Then all of this would put meaning into every struggle, every abuse, every every horrendous thing that had happened to me. I, I could put meaning into that. And I could give that little girl, that six-year-old girl who was told that she was strange and outcast, I could tell her it's okay. This is for a reason. And I said, okay. I heard the call. And I went back and it was two o'clock in the morning and I left my phone at home and my spouse was waiting for me. And he said, you, you need to get help. And I said, I know. And I went back to bed. He went back to sleep. And I just had this brainstorm that I needed to uh, create a place for people to land. And he woke up the next morning, five o'clock in the morning, ready to work. And I said, I just uh, created a website. I spent a hundred dollars. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. And he looked at me and he said, okay. And he turned around and went back to bed thinking he'd never see that hundred dollars on that website again. And that was four years ago, uh, within six months of, uh, starting my journey to which, uh, after about a month, my spouse said, if this is what helps you, I'll support you do what you need to do to feel whole. And I will be here. And within six months, my depression and anxiety, really went down to a very normal, manageable level, uh, very much a, a, a mom level, if you would say, if you can relate to having children and having this yeah. life. Um, and for probably one of the first times in my life, I felt truly happy and fulfilled. And it's all because I didn't check the train schedule. And it's all because I was able to give meaning to the so much of the darkness that I felt had plagued my life. And looking back, it wasn't, it wasn't God's fault. It wasn't the universe going, you're horrible. It was the universe saying, we have to put all these obstacles in front of you so you can help others later with the same obstacles. Uh, you know, I, I could, I joke that my life is a country song. I have lost a child. I have, I have lost a child. I have been married. I've been divorced. I have been abused. I have been in unfortunate ways. I, you know, legitimate ways I have, there's so much that's happened. And each time I just said, okay, I'm done. And looking back though, I can relate to so many other struggles, whether it's being absolutely broke, going paycheck to paycheck, whether it's not being able to get healthcare because you don't have any money, whether it's getting married in Vegas, which was my first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and having this marriage where you're married to someone and you're going, oh my God, what the hell did I do? All of that stuff. I can reach out with others that come to me and say, it's okay, survivor, survivor, that you can survive this. And not only can you survive it, 
but you can take meaning from whatever crap has happened to you and use it to help others, use it to help yourself, their community. You can choose to turn it into good. Yeah. You don't have to be a victim. You can turn it into something beautiful. And it's, it's okay to be a victim. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to say, oh my God, what the hell is going on? But at some point, it, it doesn't make you feel good anymore to just wallow. Yeah. Make you feel any good, any, any better to sit there and go, everything sucks. We have to find something to change it. And I have personally found that, and I truly call this a calling. I, I do feel very similar to perhaps a priest or a minister. I feel like this is a calling because I was called to do it. I was called in my car. I was ready to go. I was like, okay, my kids will be fine. Everyone else has got it. I, but I was, I was truly called and I, 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 I am the least likely person to do it. And in fact, I, I, I struggled for so long. I said, I'm not Miss Cleo. I'm not, you know, I'm not a woo-woo psychic. I'm very scientific. I'm very rational. I'm very practical. I'm very, very straight. You ask any of my clients and I, you know, if your life sucks, I'm going to be like, dude, this is, this is, this sucks right now. I'm going to be kind, but I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. In that same sense though, I think my empathy can lead to, yeah, this sucks. Let's, let's see what else is going on that I can see a bright side of this. But I am the least likely person that I would ever expect even to be talking on this podcast. Like I was the one that hid from everything and a large part to shame. You know, there's only so many times you can be called an admonition. An, oh my gosh, I, I've not had enough coffee this morning as I'm sure a lot of listeners have an, an abomination. I was called an abomination. I was called a, you know, a sinner. I was told I was going to hell. There's only so many times that you can say, you can be called the devil, that you can be called horrendous names before you go oh my god uh you know to be called and 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 from a catholic background being called an abomination is probably one of the worst things you can be called uh you know someone of religious background and be called you're not supposed to be here yeah i'm gonna believe it i you know if enough people tell you you shouldn't be here if enough people say what the hell's wrong with you you know, for a kid, for a, a, a 12 year old, for a 13 year old, when kids look at you, and this was now the 90s, where we didn't have a lot of the anti-bullying campaigns, we didn't have this, to be called these things at school, to be laughed at, because I was different. Yeah, that's a lot. And I really appreciate you sharing your story, because a couple of things really like jumped out at me when you did. And the first thing is, I know there are probably people out there listening right now, who feel like they're the black sheep of their family, who feel different, who feel like they're being looked at. You know, we talk about going through spiritual awakenings all the time on this podcast, and it makes you feel like you're crazy. And a lot of people start awakening to gifts that they didn't know they had, or maybe they knew they had, but had pushed it down because they were told that's weird, you're different, you know, and, and it wasn't welcomed with open arms, which can make you feel completely lost and as though you don't fit in with anything. And that's a terrible feeling. And there are probably people out there also who have experienced depression and suicidal thoughts. And it's such a, a dark place, but I'm so glad that 
you heard that message and that, you know, you didn't look at the train schedule. I mean, it's, we can laugh about that now, but I'm really, really glad that you took something that was so dark to you and you made a positive out of it. And I, I was just feeling the other day too, I said to one of my friends, I said, yeah, I'm like the black sheep of my family. <laughs> Nobody understands why I'm doing a podcast or why I wrote a book or why I did this. And he said, yeah, you are, but you have to be, there's a reason for it. Same way that you said that. And also when you said that you had to go through all of this pain because now you can empathize with people who are also going through it and you can help them and because you've been there and you understand what, what it is to experience that. I say that all the time. I think so many light workers have to go through all of that dark stuff because you can't truly help people heal if you don't understand where they're coming from. But I really want to thank you for sharing that experience because my gosh, what a story that you have. So tell us now, how are you able to communicate? And I know you communicate with animals, you communicate with spirits as well. Right. And so when you work with your clients and you're helping people, what are some of the things that um, you do? Like, what are your sessions like with people? Uh, they're, they, they generally have a lot of laughs. I was talking to a, a client yesterday and we connected before with her dog and she wanted to connect with her mom. And I always, I, I truly mean when I say I'm honored to speak with someone, I always am, I, I don't take it lightly. I'm every session, every person I chat with uh, at home on the other side, I'm truly honored to work with. And um, the first thing the mom said was, it's about time. She said, you need to go. And she she actually uh, told me about, there was a, there's an island off the coast of Italy. And she says, this is where you need to go. And, and the client just started laughing. And she said, oh my God, I just got back from Italy a couple of years ago. I've been thinking about going back. And I just felt her mom go, no, 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 no more excuses. And the mom was like very straight, but the mom was like, you need to go. But it was such, um, it's such an affirmation. But in that regard, I'm very rational and again, very scientific. So I, you know, I can say, oh, your mom sends love, but it was, this is the island you're supposed to go to. And I was like, it sounds like a CO. It sounds like And we actually looked at a map. We went on Google maps together. And I was like, this is what I'm hearing because of course I'm, I'm familiar with Italy, but not, I don't know every Italian town or Island with a CO. So we looked it up and we were like, okay, this is what I think it is. But what I love is that aha moment when it's, this is what I'm hearing from the person at home on the other side. And then it connects with the person I'm speaking to. And it's like, oh my God, there's no way that she would know this. There's no way that she would know that I just got back from Italy, that, that my, this, and this is, and, and a lot of times I hear, this is how they would speak. And sometimes it's really funny. Sometimes it's very straight. Uh, there was one woman that I spoke to and her mom was very quiet at home. Her mom had been very quiet. It was very straight answers. You know, how are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, I'm enjoying your grandmother. And she described her grandmother. So again, it was apparent that I was speaking to the person at home. And, and it just occurred to me. And I, I looked at my client and I said, was your mom a big talker in life? And she said, well, no. And I said, well, okay. Okay. That makes sense then. Because if you're not a big talker in life, you're not going to be a big talker at home. You're not going to be like, Hey, cause that wouldn't be them. Yeah. So I love every session I do. It's full of um, not only the messages that come across from people or pets, but it's also, okay, now what? Because I always ask, my, my, uh, the people I'm speaking to go home or even animals. What's the point? 
you know, if, if, if this animal passed suddenly, what, what was that purpose? What are they supposed to do now? I always like to give my clients a game plan, so to speak of what they can do moving forward. And sometimes, uh, with living animals, it's a list. Okay. This is what your dog wants. This is what we can do to help their behavior with, uh, when working with, you know, maybe someone struggling with a job. Okay. This is what we can do, but I always like leaving my clients with a game plan. So it's not just like they get off of the call and they go, what do I do now? I have all this information. What am I supposed to do with it? So in that ever sense, I take detailed notes of everything I'm saying to them and I scan it and I send it to them afterwards because for me, I do best when I'm just listening yeah. and I can soak it all in. So they're not, no one's going to remember everything. So I love writing everything down and just saying, okay, this is what we talked about. This is what they said. These are the exact things they said. So they can capture it again. And that helps because then it's, it's not just wait, did they really say that? Because I know the rational part of our brain after, especially if, after we get out of a session is like, wait, did they really say that? Or was I imagining it? Or was I thinking it? No, no, no. Here's, here it is. This is what your loved one said. This is what your dog said. Your dog really did talk about the plaid blanket that you gave him for Christmas three years ago. You know, this is really what happened. So I love that because then that, that's, again, that's very affirming that no kidding, they exist. I have a quote on my website, faith is believing the impossible is possible. So, so this is now possible right? This is actually, and once you really believe that they're here, your animals and your loved ones, it's amazing how much of our anxiety and sadness can go away. It can be hard because we're going, what the hell? I had a, a beautiful, another light worker that I, I talked to and she had lost her spouse. And she said, the hardest part, she said, of doing this and, 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 and losing my spouse, she said, is I know that he's around. I know that he's here without a doubt. She said, but I can't feel him. Mm-hmm. And I can't hear him. Like I can't hear his voice. And that was the hardest thing. So to be able to connect those dots and say, no, really, they're here. Yes, you can't touch them, but to know they're here, that's enough for another day. That's enough to, to keep going. And that life continues after this, that it's not this darkness that we don't all go and float on a cloud somewhere that 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 there is uh laughter that that uh if 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 our spouse had a sense of humor in life they are still laughing now i had a very memorable client that unfortunately passed due to covid and uh he was talking to his sister-in-law and when he had passed he had been very dark he had been very very sad and he just started cracking up he had been sick for a while, but he just started cracking jokes with her. He was talking about drinking. Oh, and by the way, I never let skeleton like I don't, I don't, I won't uncover every skeleton, but if they volunteer it, I always go, do you really want to know what they're saying? And he was talking about some binge that they'd gone on some drinking binge, but it was all in good fun. It was like, remember when I had six beers and I brought back, you know, those guys from the bar, but it's stuff like that, where you start laughing about it and you go, no kidding. So you can take the darkness of grief, either from people or pets. And if you can turn that into laughter, then that's healing. So it's this beautiful light ball that can come away from a session. I love that. And I love that you give them future guidance too. you know, things that 
it, it's so easy, I think, for people to feel stuck in life sometimes and to not know what's the next move, what do I do now, and especially after losing a loved one and a close loved one, because it sometimes, especially if that loved one was so powerful and all present in your life, and then suddenly that person's gone, like when my mom passed away, everyone said, we lost our leader. <laughs> And that's what we would, you know, one of our friends would joke and say, we lost our leader because she was always the one who was like, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And so then someone else had to step up, you know, in the group and start making the plans. And so I know people can feel almost lost, lost themselves, you know, when they're um, departed from someone that they cared and loved so deeply. But it's comforting to know that they can still connect. And I, when you said that wife said, I know he's all around me, but I don't feel him. I get it. I have these abilities too. And yet I don't always feel my mom around either. And I'm like, what the heck? Why is everyone yeah. else? But yeah. she sends signs. Like there will be definite signs. Like, okay, that's from her for sure. But it's comforting just to know that, you know, it doesn't end just because they're, their form just changed, you know, they changed no longer human form, but we have to realize that they're still around. Yeah. I, I think one of the big misconceptions about life workers or, or animal communicators mediums is that we are psychic about them ourselves, that we can feel people around us. And I always joke that would take so much energy that would be like us going 24 seven. And, you know, after I lost my daughter, I didn't feel anything for over a year. Cause every time I would try and sense, I would look for her. My heart would just, my soul would just try and find her. And it's not like that. Like we, we can't sense things about ourselves, similar to how therapists have, have their own therapists. Yeah. I joke, I have my psychic friends network of uh, people in my community that I'm close to that I can reach out. And, you know, if I'm having a hard time, just say, Hey, can you affirm this for me? <laughs> Cause I'm feeling a little bit because we also need that affirmation. You know, we have this beautiful, wonderful gift, but it doesn't work on ourselves. I joke that, that my husband is still surprised. We haven't won the lotto because, you know, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be nice? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know? Uh, so I, it's wonderfully comforting. Uh, to be around other light workers because it is one and the same. And it's amazing what we can pick up from each other uh, when we chat. But yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, for me, I used to have so much fear about everything. I had anxiety about everything. And it's amazing how much that is melted away just by working with people because you realize that there's nothing to fear, that everything's going to be okay. Somehow, some way, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But just to have someone say that and then affirm these things, it's going to be okay because not just it's okay, but A, B, C, and D, it's going to be okay. Yeah. What we need. Yeah. Like a warm hug, you know? It is. It is. <laughs> like sometimes we just need people to tell us that, that it's going to be okay. Even though we know, or at least in my own personal belief and faith, I know the universe always has my back and things are going to work out for my highest good. You still need that. <laughs> reassurance sometimes when life gets so crazy and hectic that yeah it is going to be okay just take a deep breath and hold on to that trust and that faith that things will be okay so i i have to ask you when you connect to animals and do you get just like thoughts that pop into your head or do you actually hear the voice of the the spirit because i know people connect in different ways 
some people are more like clairaudient and some are more clairsentient. So I'm just interested so, in how you connect. I hear like a stream of consciousness. It is my own thoughts, except I am not missing the green ball that was found under the couch or lost under the couch. It, it will be things that make no sense to me. Uh, I have found with different animals, you have different uh, degrees of, I don't want to say intelligence, but awareness. Mm -hmm. So with horses and uh, wilder animals, I, I would say whales. I've, can I, I had one experience with a whale 15 years ago and it was completely mind-blowing as far as understanding but as far as like horses I'll hear I'll see um images they'll show me images and I'll hear words but when I'm speaking with for instance fish uh it's it's a lot of um just images that will come through so again I don't want to go to an intelligence level I think it's just an awareness level but it is you know anything that has feeling has I can I can um I can communicate with and, and, you know, so that includes wild animals that includes, you know, I've worked with everything from fish to, to skinks, to snakes and spiders. I, I've worked, I have a, a, a client that has a bunch of tarantulas that I like to work with. So again, I've, I've worked with all, but it just depends on, on again, the degree of awareness, but it's all through a train of thought or again, images and the images to me come across as a daydream. When I was younger, actually, one of the first, uh, uh, to me, looking back, I, I, I could smell. So I would go into a car and I would smell my grandmother's perfume. If my grandmother passed 15 years ago and all of a sudden there would be a smell. And it was interesting because when that would happen, I just innately knew that that was her. My grandfather, uh, one of my grandfathers used to, and ever since I was very, very young, I would smell uh, cigar smoke mm -hmm. and I would know that he was around. So I don't have that as much uh, but I, I, again, for me, it's a lot of sensing, but again, I think it's what I'm tuning into because that's what I do on a daily basis. So that's what I think it's going to happen for me. But like you, I will get signs personally, you know, pennies and feathers and lots of, you know, wonderful coincidences that aren't coincidences at all. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So if anyone is out there listening and they would like to have a session, maybe they want to communicate because you communicate with animals who are living and animals who have already crossed over. And you also communicate with spirits who have crossed over. So plus, I love that you do clarity calls too, just to help people, I think, get a little more clarity in their current life so if we have people listening who would like to book a session with you or maybe they just want to follow you to learn a little bit more about you what's the best way for them to do that so i am on tiktok at just my name nancy.mallow tiktok i do a lot of fun duets so if you're just looking for something to make you laugh i do a lot of funny cat videos because that's what makes me laugh and i'll actually communicate with what they are uh thinking so you'll have people that post about their cats jumping around and getting you know the the all their energy out and I'll be able to connect with them and say, okay, this is what they're doing. So that's on TikTok. I'm on Instagram at Nancy Mello official, N-A-N-C-Y-M-E-L-L-O official. And on my website, nancymello.com is where you can book. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. This was such a fun conversation. And I, again, really, truly appreciate you sharing your own personal story, because I know that being vulnerable and opening up and, and sharing what's happened with you is not easy, but I know that there are probably people listening who felt similar things growing up and probably also felt like a black sheep and like an abomination, as we said, you know, um, 
And that's not an easy thing. It's not a comfortable thing, but it's good to know that you can turn that into something really beautiful and light in your life. And I love the way that you're helping others. So thank you so much for everything that you do and for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you guys too for being here with us today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with others. Also, don't forget Nancy's information is going to be in the show notes. So if you want to book a session with her, just go to the show notes, click on the link to her website or follow her on TikTok and Instagram. And you can follow me as well. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, you'll see the video of this interview today. And I do live card readings and masterclasses each month. I'd love to see you over there. The link will be in the show notes. As always, I'm sending you guys so much love and light. I hope you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening, and I will talk to you soon.